Coming up next on the Wet Fly Swing Podcast. No, but the next day, this was back when you had answering machines. <laughs> I wish I still had this. He left a message. Hi, Elaine. Uh, it's Steve. Sorry I didn't show up last night. I really felt uncomfortable going into the Swingers Club. Wish I could remember the name. Ugh. It was in Fort Lauderdale. And he goes, just tell Bobby and Footy that we decided not to go. I'm like, you're out of your mind. So they played that the next day in the air. Oh, no way. This guy whipped out on me. Yeah. That was Molly Simpkins with a funny story from one of her jobs prior to fly fishing. The Guide Association Natural Disasters and Stories from a TV Personality. Today on the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. Welcome to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show, where you discover tips, tricks, and tools from the leading names in fly fishing today. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for stopping by the show today. Get a chance. Uh, we've got a new resource we're uh, working on right now at uh, wetflyswing.com planet. Planet is where you can go to find out some of the conservation groups that uh, we're supporting this year. If you get a chance, you can click over there and uh, and click through those links and support some of the groups that are doing the good work that are keeping keeping things rolling. Today's episode is sponsored by Bear Vault, who has the perfect solution to keep your provision secure while heading into the backcountry. Please head over to wetflyswing.com/bearvault right now to check out this must-have solution to keep your food safe this season. That's wetflyswing.com slash bearvault, B-E-A-R-V-A-U-L-T. Today's episode is also sponsored by Fairflies, creating ethically sourced premium fly tie materials with their 5D brushes. You simply tie better flies faster. Fairflies creates intentional supply chains so you can change the world with every fly you tie. Head over to wetflyswing.com slash fairflies right now. That's F-A-I-R-F-L-I-E-S. Molly Simpkins is here to share her story of how uh, she created a fly fishing guide relief program and, uh, and some of the other stuff she has going now. We find out how they help guides through the pandemic, how the guide relief program is different from the guide association and what you can do to help with their mission right now. If you uh, have ever been on a guide trip, if you're a guide, if you have any connection to it, this is a really cool program and it's a good way you can share the word. Uh, give that a go. We also get a funny, a funny picture of what uh, Molly's life was like uh, in TV and radio as a personality there before she kind of jumped into some of the stuff in uh, fly fishing. So this is uh, definitely uh, worth the effort just for those stories that come out today. So without further ado, here we go. Molly Simpkins. How's it going, Molly? I'm doing well. It's a little early for you, right? <laughs> a little. Uh, you know, I work at the shop in Livingston, so get here at 7. Oh, yeah. And I really don't have a lot of time to wake up before people get here. So, you know. Yep. I'm glad you started with the shop. So let's start right there with the shop. We're going to we're gonna dig into the uh, guide association and the guide relief program. You got a bunch of tools <laughs> and resources for guides. But um, uh, yeah, to, where, where are you at right now? So with the Livingston. Yeah, I uh, work at Sweetwater Fly Shop. And it's just a couple miles south of Livingston in Paradise Valley. And I've been with Dan Jagone, um for just over four years. Uh, you know, people kind of get confused here. So many years ago, about 10 years ago, the Vermilion Brothers owned the shop and the travel company and the guide school. And about a decade ago, they sold it um, to my boss. So oh. it's like it's a it's a very confusing Dan uh, situation we have here. Yeah. Yeah. And we we had an episode um, with gosh, this was probably three years ago or something like that with um, I'm trying to think now it was the Sweetwater. It was, yeah, we talked about the guide school. Yeah. Who was running the show, running the, like, managing it then? Uh, Steve Wilson? Yeah. yeah. Yep, had Steve yep. Wilson on. He talked about, yeah. So, you know, Steve, yeah. But Steve's left since then, right? Yes, he has. I believe he's in Dillon. I could be wrong. Yeah. But I think he is. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah, I, I work here. I do, you know, we do some, I do events. I, I plan uh, summer outings and I do all the outfitting. So, I deal with the clientele and the guides and oh, yeah. that is real I mean I I just fell into it and I really love it. And that's kind of kind of been the the impetus for everything that's that's happening now. 
That's right. That's right, because you guys have the, I mean, the program is cool. And just the quick summary, you know, for those that don't know, it's you literally at Sweetwater teach, if you want to become a guide, you have probably one of the biggest programs that helps people like walk them through becoming a guide, right? Yeah, Sweetwater upstairs from us. Um, Sweetwater Travel and Guide School is one entity. So yeah, they oh, have gotcha. the ongoing guide schools. And I I want to say they're getting ready to do one now and in August and so yeah, it's it's quite a robust school. Yeah, and it makes sense with the the programs we're going to talk about today. You know, the guide relief program, and I mean, you're right in the middle of it, working with oh, yeah. not only older guides but young guys, people just getting started and and needing insurance and things like mm-hmm. that. So, well, well, let's um, let's bring it back real quick. I like to take okay. it back to the start. Let, let's go back all the way back. And uh, I know you've got other family <laughs> in the back. industry. Yeah, let's go back to fly fishing. How did you when did you okay. first get it? When did you first well, see your first fly rod? So, um, I lived in South Florida for many years and never fished there. But when I got to Baltimore in 2005, I know that is so random. Um, a couple things happened. I decided I wanted to fish. I'm not very seaworthy. I get motion sickness really. Mm -hmm. And that's why it wasn't appealing to me in South Florida because that is some serious stuff. Um, so I was literally sitting in bed one night watching the travel channel, the discovery channel, and there was a piece on Yellowstone and I was already living in Baltimore. And I said, I really would like to fish. And there is this guy standing in the river. And I'm like, I could do that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have to get on a boat and take, you know, have these bands. And so, um, the first thing I did was kind of started, I don't even know if Google was alive then, um, started, you know, doing some research online to see if I could find, um, a group of women because, you know, it is, that's how your mindset is as, as a woman that, you know, you have to be taught by other women and it'll be better. Yeah. That's not always true by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found this group in the mid Atlantic called the Chesapeake women anglers and they had been around for a, quite some time. And so I started engaging with them, going to, uh, some of their events and, you know, got on the water and kind of learned how to do it. Um, And then I met a woman by the name of Kiki Galvin, who is in Virginia. She's a personal trainer. She's a guide. She's an awesome human being. And we just became really connected and friendly. And she would make her way up to the gunpowder where I lived. And she'd help me and I'd take lessons and stuff like that. So uh, she was really a catalyst. And then I had um, a friend that used to work at St. Croix Rods. He's since passed, who kind of served as my mentor. And he got me my first, well, my first, first rod in real was a Fluger and some, some rod. I don't even know. Um, but Dave sent me a legend elite and I got myself a Ross reel. I had no idea what nice. I was doing. And I <laughs> asked all the dumb questions. Well, I asked all the questions that people think they're dumb. So now that I answer them now, they're not dumb at all. You just no. don't know. And it's confusing and it's all get out. So yeah. he really, uh, his name was Dave Colley, really, 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 um, you know, fostered me through it all. And, you know, I came out here one year to fish with a bunch of women who were in that group. And that was kind of like it, right? Yeah. Um, it took me a long time to figure out how to cast. And I don't know if it happens to everyone else, but I remember the moment exactly when I was like, that's it. Huh. Yep. And I was on the Boulder River here with a friend. I mean, it was, I had no business being on the Boulder River, you know, um, not knowing how to cast like that, but it was an awesome day. So the cast, you got the cast, it it, it clicked with you. That it did. And I was like, that's how it works. You know, I got the feeling, I got, you know, it was just, it's inexplicable. It's one of those things. But yeah, it was like, oh, yep. There you go. It was pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah, that's it. So you're in, and was this in Montana? Uh, that we came out. Yes, it was, um, in Silvergate. One of the women's in that group had a cabin that she rents every year and there was five of us. So I was kind of like, you know, the fifth wheel, which was fine with me. Uh I had my own car. I, um, one of the trips I took was just me and a guide in horses into the park. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was just, you know, it just really was cool. And I drove over Beartooth Pass and I was done. That mm. is the most beautiful drive. Yeah. And I and I had never really been in the mountains, mountains, and that just changed my life. Yep. Yeah. It, it took me a country. few years. Yeah. It took me a few years to actually get here, but I did it. 
You did it. So basically it. after that trip, what you just decide, like, I'm going to just move out West and, and yep. just be in the fly fishing industry. Well, no, no, I was actually, what was I doing then? 2000. I was in the broadcasting industry. I was oh, in that's it. right. Yeah. 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 I started as an intern in Miami at a company called Metro traffic and they did traffic and news. Um, and then 20 years later, I ended up being the regional director of operations out of Washington, D.C. So wow. I was also on the air doing news and traffic, being a little sidekicky girl, laughing, huh? you know, sports, <laughs> the whole thing. Right. But I mean, the skills I learned from being an intern to a regional director of operations kind of set the scene for everyone. I learned budgeting and, you know, employee oh, relations right. and engineering and computers. So, yeah. um, I was in Baltimore. I lived when, uh, I came out West and that was uh, about 2007. So it took me about six years to make it West. Okay. And one of the, the real, uh, challenges was getting a job here. Um, back then, um, they really wanted you to live here in order to even give you a tumble for an interview because back then people would move out here and they'd think it was too cold and they'd leave, mm. which is understandable. Yeah. So, you know, in desperation, I really didn't want to get back into radio, but in desperation, I was like, okay, if I have to get back into radio, I'll do it. And that's what I did. And I landed in Missoula at a group of radio stations and did promotions. Oh, wow. I know. <laughs> that was really, so you're doing promoting Now, what does that mean? So you're not on so, the air? Uh, I did actually end up being on the air with one of the morning shows. I was kind of their producer and, you know, um, but um, being a promotion director. So there was like five or six stations. So I ran the websites, um, came up with promotions and contests and worked with the sales team, the general manager and the jocks to promote whatever. I would write up um, promotions, let's say, you know, a tire company. We, we do like a pothole thing and, you know, you get a set of tires or whatever it was. It's just creativity, which yeah. I, you know, I miss desperately right now. So you like that? Do you like that? Were you pretty good at the creativity piece? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I always have been. Um, and I don't know why. And I don't know why. I think some people just are drawn to it. Um, yeah. I'm not a, I'm like a not a numbers girl. Don't math me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you're creative. That's awesome because that but is a tough, yeah, that's a tough, um, some people, I mean, I feel like for me, I wasn't maybe the creative uh, person, but over time I've grown into it. You know, I've gotten better at it. Yeah. Well, you become more comfortable with it. Yeah. Um, and I was on the air for many years. So my ability to have conversations, what, well, some that mean absolutely nothing and important ones and able to talk to people one-on-one. -on -one, I think I was so terrible terribly shy when I started in that business. And that has changed. <laughs> yeah. How'd you get back? Was the shy, did you just by doing more of it, you just eventually grew out of it, the shyness? I guess. I remember, oh my gosh, the company I worked for at first in Miami, the Metro Traffic was actually based in Hollywood, Florida. And um, I was a producer, but eventually, like a few weeks in, they put me on the air. So we were in like this U-shaped room with a uh, board at the front that we used to like with uh, markers, right? You know, a triangle for an accident, delays, you know, the whole thing. Oh, yeah. And I was literally in the back and I was so shy, Dave, yep. that I didn't even want people looking at me while I was doing a traffic report in a room of people doing traffic reports. It was <laughs> awful. awful. Still to this day, I could never get up on stage and be that person and engage. The, I can't do that. I don't ask me to talk in front of 10 people, but I can talk on the radio to a million people. Isn't that amazing? Because, and that's kind of you're not going to be talking to a million people here, but we got quite a, a decent audience. You know what I mean? And, and, uh, and you're, a lot of people are going to be listening to this and they're going to hear you. But I'm kind of the same way. I mean, I like, um, yeah, the audio is there something about audio. I don't know what it is. It actually, you know, it creates, and podcasting is obviously different than radio, but it's sure. still, it's, it's a similar thing. I just love the, you know, the way, it, like right now, we're just having a chat and we're recording it, right? And we're yep, going to let people exactly. listen to it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And, you know, I mean, I tried to do, they tried to put me on TV once to be a traffic reporter. It was a debacle. Yeah. I just can't. I mean, just thinking about it, my chest is getting tight. I'm getting all yep. hot. You know? Right. I know. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this now. If I'm in public anywhere and I'm not engaging you, it's because I am uncomfortable or shy. Yeah. Honestly, even at all those shows and stuff, I feel like out of place. So please don't ever hesitate to talk to me yeah. because it's not because I don't want to talk to you. 
No, not at all. And, and we ran into each other at, uh, at IFTD. Yeah, or uh, yeah, yeah, it was great. Oh, no, and, it was IFTD. Yeah, IFTD. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. It was IFTD in, in uh, let's see, where was it? In, uh, was it Denver or Salt- Utah? Yeah, Salt it was Utah. Lake. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was great. Yeah. I connected with you and uh, we finally chatted. We we chatted before and talked about doing this. And um, yeah, it's uh, that's a great event. I mean, all these yeah, events. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Do you have, like, what are your events when you look at? Are you doing all the event stuff around the country? Um, you know, starting to. I mean, it costs a lot of money to do those shows, even to just show up. I mean, I don't buy a booth. I don't do anything. Yeah. Um, I just show up and, and try to uh, talk to people and engage them. Um, so I did go to Denver, which was mm-hmm. good. Um, in Salt Lake, I did the Orvis Guide Rendezvous. Oh, yeah. Which was very cool. I did the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers oh, wow. uh, Rendezvous. So, yeah, I mean, I have some really good buddies um, in the industry and, you know, they look out for me and say, hey, do you want to come do this? Um, I'd like to get to more shows next year. Um, I just don't know how I'm going to fit it into my schedule or find the budget for it because I'm really petty conscious right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it's good to go out there and I talk to different people. I talk to owners of, of companies and shops and outfitters and manufacturers. And it's really interesting in some instances to, to feel the reaction. Um, like really, there's nothing like this Yeah, for both for both of them. Right. Yeah. Um, and there has been confusion and I see why, because one person, me runs both. Um, but they are so, so different in what they do for guides. Yeah, they're different. Well, let's, um, and and we might circle back around to some of the stuff on the shows and your background, but let's just jump into that real quick on the, the guide association, what you do. And maybe you could just start off with, um, you know, maybe just talk about the guide association, the outdoor guide association. What, what is that? Well, you know what I'm going to do? I'll t- let me tell you a little bit how they started Yeah, and that will make more sense how it's going to flow. Perfect. So gosh, just over two years ago in March, you know, when COVID was hitting, um, I was working from home, everything's closed. And my boss, Dan Jagone sends me a text, which I still have. It said, um, because we knew guides were going to be impacted by the shutdowns because things were canceling. So he says, what do you think about raising money for guides? And I was like, absolutely. Because, you know, uh, I've worked in the nonprofit sector as well. um, The American Cancer Society, I know. And uh, for the Greater Yellowstone Coalition here in Montana in development, doing fundraising and and events. And I was like, absolutely. So uh, my first call was to Kinsley Scott in Missoula, a longtime friend, guide, uh, just an awesome woman. And said, this is what we want to do. And she's like, absolutely. So we started um, gathering people in the state because I knew when it comes to money that I can't be the only one making a decision. You know, it needs to be, it needs to be a group effort um, because I don't want the perception that I'm picking favorites because I gave my guide some money. Um, so it was a group of people in the state and then, uh, the CARES Act passed and independent contractors are not just getting, um, unemployment, but they're also getting, you know, an extra $600 a week. So I didn't feel comfortable raising money. Um, so we kind of pivoted. We did start calling ourselves the guide relief program. I don't know where the name came. It just kind of came out of thin air. Um, but we then started helping guides here in Montana with unemployment. I mean, unemployment in the best of times is really difficult, let alone when state and government have no idea how to handle independent contractors. So we helped guides with that, you know, getting registered, um, you know, learning about unemployment and how they need to fill these out, um, help them if they wanted to do a PPP or idle loan. Um, if someone needed help with uh, utilities, we had, you know, uh, Northwestern Energy. If somebody had some food insecurities, the Gallatin, great, you know. So that's kind of what we turned into. And I just like, why is there nothing to support these guys in a more meaningful way? I mean, there's some great, don't get me wrong, there are some fantastic uh, guide organizations um, throughout the country, but they're conservation focused, which is fabulous. We need as many of those as we can get. But we were talking about the guides themselves. So initially, we wanted to do all this stuff, and they have benefits and whatever. So the first thing we did is took the guide uh, relief program, and its main function is to 
support guides in crisis, personally, professionally, and that's with small grants. So for instance, um, right now after the flood, guides lost income in June. So thanks to Josh Mills up in uh, the Pacific Northwest, he started Flies for Flood Relief. And that raised over $50,000, 40 of which it came to us. We're accepting applications from guides um, who need, you know, a couple grand here to, you know, and that's the function and it's happening and it's working at least on a small scale right now. Mm -hmm. So as we get more money, more funding, um, you know, we are a nationwide organization. So if you are in Wisconsin and you get hurt, you can apply and you have to be a guide Um, because there's, it's a pretty rigorous vetting that you have to go through because we are giving you our constituents money. Um, Right. So we want to make sure we, we vet the guides and make sure what they need is what they get. And, and we have a group of people who do that board members, um, uh, a couple friends of the organization go through these applications and vet it, and then we'll send off a check. So the other, um, the other portion of the guide relief program is mental health. And that's, that's, that's a running theme through both organizations, actually. So any guide, if he doesn't want to be part of the other organization, can go to our website, hit a very small application if he's interested in two free months of mental health care. Uh, once they ap- apply for it, I, all I do is uh, upload their email address to our partners at BetterHelp, and I'm out of it. I don't all know right. if you use BetterHelp. it. I don't, yep. yep. I, I used it. I used Met, uh, BetterHelp earlier this year, and it's 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 quite great. Um, so, yeah, and, and honestly, we don't know about it. All I see is some data. Um, I don't know if you used it, if you did not use it, if you want to wait and use it. I just hope, you know, if somebody's feeling uncomfortable, and it's not just about mental health or anxiety or depression. Um, it can also be issues at home with your family. It could be money issues. It could be yeah, um, eating issues. I mean, it, it spans the gamut of, of well-being, really. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard of it. Better right? help. I've definitely, yeah, you hear it out on sometimes on podcasts, like on sponsorships and stuff. They're oh, definitely yeah. out there. It's a, it sounds like a cool program. Even on Conan. <laughs> Even on Conan, exactly. <laughs> there you go. Today's episode is sponsored by Fishhound Expeditions, putting together remote Alaskan fishing trips for that trip of a lifetime. This is not your typical lodge-style trips. These are remote, floating-down-the-river Alaskan trips. Uh, You're going to be mousing for rainbows, fishing for salmon, camping on the river. This is what it all comes down to, a great river trip. And you know we've had a few episodes where people have noted um, how important it is to not wait for that trip you never know how life what life's going to throw at you so if you get a chance and you want to you've been thinking about alaska and you've been thinking about a remote trip check out what adam and fishhound has right now you can head over to wetflyswing.com slash fishhound right now to check out what they have going on right now that's fishhound f-i-s-h-h-o-u-n-d you support this podcast by clicking through that link to fishhound yeah, so it sounds like these programs are, you know, you've got the two programs. Um, now, talk about, for, are they both for yeah. a similar, like, the guide? Is it just fly fishing guides, or is this more general? No, um, it's conventional or fly. I have a woman in Wisconsin who's an ice guide. Yeah. I don't care if you fish a, if you guide a, a mud puddle. Yeah. You just have to prove you're a guide. And what about, like, hunting? Well, that's something, you know, I... I once we kind of get our feet under us and make sure we're doing everything properly, there is no reason it's called guide that we can't engage guys in other outdoor pursuits, hunting, skiing, whitewater, surfing. Yeah. You know, everything, uh, mountain climbing, whatever it is. Yeah. There is absolutely no reason we can't do that. That's right. And what are the, like, to get in this, I saw on your website that there's a pretty small fee to get involved. What's that oh, look like? Oh, so that's if... that's the Outdoor Guide Association. So okay. let me finish that story. Yeah, so yeah. when when we were doing and creating the guide relief program, I wanted to do all this stuff. And my one um, piece of advice, if you're ever creating a nonprofit or two, is to have a very good attorney. Hmm. We have a lot of fees and attorney fees, but it's well worth it. Because he was like, you know... You want to do all this stuff, but in the eyes of the IRS, these are very different organizations. 
They have very different functions. So the guide relief program is a 501c3. Um, You know, we can uh, take in donations and we can, you know, give out grants, the whole thing. The Outdoor Guide Association is a 501c6. That is a membership organization. So when you offer uh, membership to anyone in the country and you're starting um, an organization, it is a 501c6. doesn't matter if it's bowling or baseball or, you know, it doesn't matter. If you are a membership organization, it's a totally different ball of wax. So he suggested to us that we split them. And that's what we did. So that's why there are two. I see. Um, I initially wanted one, but oh gosh, that would be too easy. Yeah. Yeah. So the Outdoor Guide Association was born. Um, So that is a relatively affordable uh, fee of $50. I don't know if it's a good uh, business model, but we're going to find out. I don't want to make it expensive. Right. Um, So $50 and that money gets churned back in to create programs and, and whatnot. So for $50 a year. Um, a guide can apply. Um, if you're in a state like Montana or Washington or a state that requires you to have a license, all you have to do is upload your license and you're good. Um, shockingly, many states don't require anything to be mm. a guide. Yes. Wow. It's, it is shocking. Not a license, not first aid. Wow. <laughs> I know. That's something we're looking into. Um, so if you don't have a guide's license, you fill it out, uh, give me a couple references, show me your, you know, Facebook, website, Instagram page, um, and you will, be apl- you will be approved. It's really as simple as that. So once you are approved, I send you the link, you pay your $50. As soon as you hit that submit button, you get those two free months of mental health services. So that's where the, the connection kind of okay. comes in. So that is an automatic no questions asked. You get it, period. Um, and then we um, are the company we work with regarding um, insurance and health is Cross Current in uh, Connecticut. So through them, for about two hundred and four dollars a year, you get or a guide gets free telehealth, discount dental, discount vision, discount pharmacy, discount vitamins, roadside assistance. Uh, global travel assist and pet care for $204 a year. Hmm. I know. Um, I actually used the dental once um, to see how it would work against my Delta dental, which I pay for every month. Yeah. And using our program, it was $100 less to get my teeth cleaned. Oh, wow. I was like, come on now. (laughs) No kidding. So you don't have to, do you have to have another insurance? No, uh, no. So you health, can actually get this for $200 a year and literally have uh, like health and dental covered? Well, it's it's discount benefits. So it's not health insurance. So, you know, I don't want anyone to get, in, you know, yeah. the idea that we're offering full-blown. But, you know, if you are, um, you feel under the weather and you need, you think maybe you need a doctor, free telehealth. You literally just get on your computer and chit-chat and they send off a prescription to wherever you ask them to. Right. Then you um, but, I mean, if you go to the website, the theoutdoorguideassociation.org, it shows you. I mean, in the vision is LASIK. Yeah. I'm like, what? So it really, you know, it's stuff that you might not need. Yeah. But if you it's do, legit. it's legit. Huh. And then, you know, roadside assistance. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. I mean, how many times have you, you know, you're broken down the side of the road, your boat or your, your car won't start or, I mean, it's crazy. And and the other cool thing about this, so it's kind of tiered. The, the first part of that, the telehealth, uh, vision, dental, um, vitamins and pharmacy, you can get that for a hundred and, uh, I want to say $150 a year, but those add-ons, the, the pet care, uh, the roadside assistance and the global travel, um, are important, but I will say this. Um, any guide who has a family member who lives under the same roof at the same address, their family member can also get all that for $204 a month. Hmm. So if their wife was also uninsured and didn't have anything, they would also be eligible for all those uh, discount health benefits. Wow. Right? That is pretty cool. I mean, and essentially, like you said, it's not like it takes the place of normal insurance, but it's an Mm-mm. addition. So if you had insurance, maybe it wasn't the best insurance, but it, maybe there's a high deductible or something like that. This might be an mm-hmm. opportunity for $50 for your fee of 50 plus the, 
you know, the 200, I mean, literally that's like 20 bucks a month. You could have, oh, talk yeah. to a doctor, which would be covered. You could get dental, some stuff there. I mean, right. I mean, so these are oh, like yeah. things, yeah, this sounds like a pretty good prayer. Like for under 20 bucks a month, you can get some things that maybe you don't have to spend whatever a thousand, two thousand dollars. Yeah. 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 Well, here's the thing too. I mean, think about it. That's less than a guide makes in a day. Yeah. So there's that. Um, and then through our partners across current and many states like Montana, every guide has to have uh, liability insurance. So that is also offered through us. And for any guide who is a little more forward thinking about his future or what might happen, there's also accident insurance, disability insurance, and life insurance. Hmm. Uh, yeah. And I know, I know life insurance isn't terribly expensive, if that's something you're concerned about. Mm-hmm. Um, the accident and di- uh, disability is probably a little more expensive. It's also age-based. Yeah. You know, so for us old people, you know, it's going to yep. cost a fortune. That's right. That's right. Yeah, you don't, you're not going to get away with that. That's that's it. Uh, what's the and then liability insurance? That so that is that. That's always the thing with a guide too, right? You have yep. to as a guide, especially if you're on your own, you have to have liability. So do you guys cover that, or how does that work? It, we're a pass through, and Cross Current Insurance, our partner, covers all of that. So, I mean, they, when I had this conversation, I actually, gosh, 2019, I saw a little booth at the Denver show, Cross Current Insurance, mm-hmm. and I really didn't think much about it. But when in 2020, when we started this and we wanted to do all this stuff, I was like, Cross Current. Yeah. yeah. So Perfect I picked up the phone, and Rollin Schuster, who's the principal, Oh my God! What a guy! He's yeah. he is what a force of nature that guy is. Yeah, yeah, I like and, Roland. <laughs> oh, he's a, he's a character. Yeah. Um, but you know, he he knows the business intimately. He's been fly fishing for decades, and his daughter Abby Schuster, which many people know, is uh-huh. a striper guide on Martha's Vineyard. So he knows the pitfalls of of being a guide and how hard it is, and you know, he he sympathizes and empathizes and. I mean, he couldn't have said yes to all of this fast enough. Right. You know, for, it. he really thinks it's a great thing. And, you know, it gets challenging and hard sometimes, but I just kind of push through it because this is both of these organizations are, could be, can be really important, not to just yeah. fishing guides, but, you know, as we grow and expand, it, it could be a game changer for many people. Yeah. To all sorts of different niches and industries yeah. and the outdoor. So right now for a guy that if they, before you were there, what were guides doing? I guess they're just on their own trying to go out and get. So I have that question. I want to know what they were doing before, but also on the liability insurance. So mm-hmm. if for that $200 a month, does this give them liability insurance? No, it does not. So I think the insurance uh, is like if you're getting annual insurance and the difference with cross current on some others, it's um, January 1st to December 31st. That's, you know, a lot of times insurance companies start, let's say I wanted insurance today, it would be August 8th to August 8th, 2023. So they're January 1st to uh, December 31st, their calendar. Um, and I want to say it's about $360 a year. But one of the interesting things is um, many guides here in Montana don't guide until May. Um, so Cross Current prorates it. Oh, wow. So uh, January, February, March, April. So for from May to December, yeah, exactly. It's like $150. It's crazy. So you get a good deal. So you get your insurance for, so now you do get, you literally pay your 200 bucks for cross yep. current, then your 180 or whatever for your six months that you need. And then yeah. you actually do have liability and liability insurance can cost thousands, right? It can be a lot. You know, and yeah. we do have guides who are um, fishing guides and hunting guides and have some other, you know, things they they have their fingers in and they, they help with those as well. I don't pretend to know all the ins and outs of it. Um, that's why they're the experts. Um, but I thought it was important to be able to offer that. Um, and as far as, you know, where they get it now, there are other organizations in the state outfitter associations and hunting associations that they become members of. Um, and they do, I mean, they each have their purpose, uh, in the industry, but they just don't offer, you know, this kind of personal support. Right, right, right. Again, they're more again they're more conservation, which is great. I mean, we need as many voices in conservation as we can get, and they're strong. Um, but these personalized benefits helping the guide themselves 
is what we offer. Yeah, just specifically that guy. That okay, so mm-hmm. so that makes sense. It sounds like a pretty good uh, you know value add. And anything else you want to highlight here that we're we're missing from what you offer on either program? Oh golly, so <laughs> uh, so the Outdoor Guide Association. Um, we have a th- couple of things work and we do also offer any guide, a free year to you guide membership, you know? Um, and we're working on, you know, we, we are looking forward to what else we can do to help this guide community. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we're working on, um, my board members, the three I have now on the outdoor guide association are very much into finance. So we're like, Hey, how can we create a program for guides that helps them think about their future financially. That's a good idea. Right? Um, You should be an LLC, regardless of where you are. You should be a business. You should learn how to, um, how tax work, how your tax return works, and what you can write off and what you can't. Um, And how do you build for your future? How do you take that $100 a day tip you, you have and put it to work for you? So in 30 years, if you're in your 20s, you could say, hey, I built a little bit of a nest egg here. And I could actually think about not rowing people down the river for yeah. the next 20 years. So that's one of our, our thoughts. Because that's you know, we're talking all health, yeah. not just physical or mental. Financial is huge. So that's I think that's a big thing that's probably going to that come up next. That is a good one. Yep. That is a good one. And we have some kick-ass partners in both organizations, honestly. Um, uh, St. Croix has been with us since the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um financially and in other ways. Um, Sawyer Ors uh, really last year stepped up big. They gave a, a portion of ore sales to us for 2021 and it was big. I literally was standing in the post office uh, Thanksgiving day looking at that check crying. Really? Oh my God. Yeah. It was like $7,000. Wow. That's wow. substantial. Yeah. Um, Orvis is coming on board uh, with both. Um, they have, they're giving us a good substantial chunk of change for 2022 that we have big plans for at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, who else? Cross current, of course, uh, Winston's coming on board and we're always looking for new ones. And, you know, every partnership is different, you know, financially, um, marketing and outreach. Cause that's right now what, um, getting the word out right now is key. Yeah, that's it especially for the Outdoor Guide Association. You know, gauge, engaging guides around the country, that's what we want to do. And then we're building up the, the fund, the Guide Relief Fund, um, in order to help guides around the country who might need a little cash. Yeah, if something comes up, so you're there mm-hmm. in case. And are you the one doing the outreach? How are you finding new? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I kind of do everything, you know. What's your plan? I mean, how are you getting around to uh, to find all these guides around the country? It's, you know, it's a, it's a one-man band. It's a little bit difficult. Um, I do have, because I lived on the East Coast for so long, it was so ingrained in the, the fishing community there. And um, now here, I do have a lot of, of people I know in the industry. So um, Orvis, actually, uh, they're putting out through their guide email. Oh, yeah. You know? Uh, Winston doing the same. So if it's something as easy as that, you know, I'm up for it. You know, it doesn't cost anybody a dime. You know, it's funny when I, and I've gone to these shows and talked to different manufacturers and reps, you know, they, they kind of get back on their heels a little bit. What do you want from me? Everybody's always there with their hand out. All right. What, what do you want from me? And I'm like, I just want your time to explain this to you. Um, some people are really engaged some people, you know, it's the same thing, glad handing. They they seem interested. And when you reach out again, they get nothing. So, you know, I find I find everything. So I just keep trying. So um, it, we do that in various ways. Obviously, we have social media. We don't have big followings yet. Um, but we also try to get involved. One part of the Outdoor Guide Association um, are these pillars that we have of safety, stewardship, and service. Um, so stewardship, we're actually going to put in display on August 20th here in Paradise Valley. Um, some local nonprofits, the Yellow Dog Conservation and Community mm-hmm. Fund, Montana Freshwater Partners, uh, Park County Inventor- Environmental Council, and oh, I can't the third one. Fourth one. Oh, shoot, that makes me so mad. I have to look here because I can't leave somebody out. Yeah. Um, 
Trout Unlimited. Jeez, oh, yeah. Molly. Oh, right, right. To you. Yeah. <laughs> Duh. Yeah. Um, putting on a river cleanup. Um, after the flood, um, there's just debris everywhere. Um, and it's, it is dangerous. So August 20th, those groups, along with us and a bunch of sponsors, are going to uh, do a river cleanup. Um, so boats and bags and people going down the river, uh, picking up all kinds of garbage and as much as they can. And then there's a little party afterwards with barbecue and beer and some music. Oh, nice. So that's, that's one of the ways we're, we're, you know, incorporating our stewardship, uh, program. Today's episode is sponsored by Togan's Fly Shop, providing superior quality products at an affordable price. An amazing resource for fly tying materials, tools, and fishing accessories. You can head over right now and check out Togan's YouTube channel. They've got uh, new videos going on all week long, all year long. Just check out Togan's Fly Shop on YouTube and find out uh, who they have going right now. We've had at least one episode with one of their pro staff, uh, and it was one of the best episodes, I think, of the year. So they got a good crew and some good stuff going over there. And I'm going to be making a uh, another purchase very soon, and uh, I'm going to be tying up a fly for... Uh, for one of the challenges we have going, uh, I think I've got a, a Chernobyl, uh, some sort of a Chernobyl going on here. Uh, so stay tuned for that. I'm going to be using some of Togan's materials. So, uh, so this is going to be good. Since 2005, Togan's has been over delivering on price and customer service. And it's time for you to check out what Togan's has going on right now. That's, that's Togan's T-O-G-E-N-S. You support this podcast by clicking through that link to Togan's. Okay, back to the show. What was that flood like for those that didn't hear? Oh about, my goodness! Yeah, oh, what was oh. this a massive, massive flood? Oh my, yeah. So, <laughs> I guess it was June thirteenth. That was a Monday morning. I was sitting downstairs in the shop, and I think one of the guys were here, and uh, Pat Vermillion from upstairs walked down. He goes, "The gauge at Corwin says it's fifty-one thousand cfs." So we're all like, "It's broken. It's bro-. you know, I mean, it just got to be broken because we knew." Literally, I, I remember sitting on the bank of the Yellowstone just a few days ago, and I posted this thing on Instagram. Oh, she's high, and she's going to peak every any day now. Well, well. Um, so we just were kind of concerned and then not concerned, and everybody's like, nah. And somebody called from upriver, and they're like, it's coming. And I spent all of that Monday uh, moving as much inventory off the floor as I could, Um in the wherever I could put it came upstairs and brought stuff up here um Pat so you're on the bank are you on the bank of the river so the river's behind us I don't know how many yards a couple hundred yards I mean there's a house back there and some other land I I, I'm not I don't know you know again math (laughs) um (laughs) (laughs) yeah so uh Pat uh he just tarped and sandbagged the ever-loving hell out of this building I mean I honestly believe he's the true hero but um about three o'clock in the afternoon I get a text that the river is to the back of the building. And I'm like, well, here we go. Like hitting it? Like right at the building? Yeah. It's already up over that house um, behind oh, wow. us. And um, it's at the building. And so I'm like, well, here we go. I guess we're going to find out. And the next morning, I tried to get down 89, had to wait a couple hours to the water receded and, and came into the shop. And it was we got two inches in the shop and it was wet and dank and nasty oh, wow. and we had turned the power off, but, uh, everyone got, you know, went to the rental place and got these ginormous fans. So, um, you know, we spent some days trying to dry out. Um, you know, there was mud and sand on the cement floor down there. The carpet was disgusting, but you know, we didn't lose anything, not an ounce not a piece of inventory. So about a week, it took me about a week to clean it. And, you know, we had a couple guys in here, you know, cleaning the carpets and whatnot. But about uh, nine, ten days later, we reopened. No kidding. Um, yeah. You know, but, I mean, some people have lost their houses, their businesses. Um, and honestly, one of the people, people keep asking. I mean, you know, after a, a tragedy happens... It's, it's shoved down your throat, but then people forget. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sitting here um, at a fly shop in Livingston, Montana um, on 
the road that goes between Livingston and Yellowstone National Park. And in comparison to what it should be, it is bad. There, there, it's the, the tourist do- uh, traffic is just not happening. Oh, um, really? Gardner, yeah, Gardner um, at the entrance, the northeast entrance, God, God love them. They had, first it was a fire and then COVID and now this. And, you know, I haven't been down yet, which I need to do and support them. But I can't imagine how it is bad down there because it's the walk-in traffic here is just not happening. And that's because of just, I mean, basically the flood. Yeah, because the northeast entrance, the north um, entrance of the park is closed. So, oh, right. you know, this whole corridor served as um, an entrance to the north of the Yellowstone National Park. So with it closed, people just aren't here. I mean, we are ha- we have trips. You know, we have people coming in fishing um, with us and, and other outfitters, but it's just not like it should be. Yeah. Wow. And that's honestly, you know, to go back to where the the guide relief program, this is where the guide relief program came in. And so I have local guides. I mean, that flies for flood relief. All of that money is going to this purpose to help guides who lost income in June because everybody did. Um, you know, it's picked up over the summer, but you know, you can't get those trips back in June, whether it was on the river, whether it was in Yellowstone National Park. So yeah, it's, it's been devastating and it still is. Yeah. Was this like a 50,000 CFS sounds massive? Was it that, was crazy. Is that one of the, I wonder if that was like the, one of the largest that's been recorded or. It yeah. has to be. Yeah, I mean, they're calling be. it a 500 year flood. Yeah, five, all right. So not even a hundred year. Not even a hundred. Oh wow! Um, yeah, I'm yeah. looking at I'm looking at the shop kind of on a on a map. Yeah, and you can see that. So the Yellowstone mm-hmm. is is out there, and you can see it's a it's a massive river. But it is. You can see the side channel. There's a side channel that cuts off and yep. goes towards yep. towards the shop, and it's a yep. giant channel as well. But you can see, <laughs> and it goes right towards the highway. I mean, literally yes. just below the shop, you could see the that side channel. It's probably not even a side channel. It's probably a main. It looks like a pretty big. I mean, that's a how big is that river in there? Oh my gosh, I don't even know. Yeah, it's Man. huge. It's like hundreds, um, it's like hundred hundreds of yards across, something like that. Yeah, well, it's it's just maybe fifty yards across. It and it varies. Like yeah. right now, I haven't looked today at the levels, but it's probably down to like 3,000, 3,500 CFS now, which you know, it's a little lower than it should be. We go from feast to freaking famine. Oh right, so it's um, even lower. Yeah. Yeah, but if if you get the chance, go on Facebook. Sorry to be an enabler. Go to the Yellowstone National Park page and scroll down. It's going to be a while now, but they released a video of the flood going through the park. Oh, wow. And there is a video of the Lamar River Yep. that they, the force of water, the sheer amount of water going through that river is, it's unfathomable. Yeah. I mean, you got to think when when the flooding was at its peak, it was nighttime, so none of us really saw it. I'll try to look that up. I'll try to find if I can get that. Maybe get a video in the show notes so we can take a look. And I saw, I know, I saw some photos of like full on houses, like in oh, yeah. floating down river or something like that, right? Or yeah. Just... So that that one house, and and honestly, through it all, we are fortunate that no one died. I can't believe no one was injured or died. Honestly, I mean, people were so smart. But that house you saw um, that was in Gardner. Mm. And I mean, I think that's the, the worst of it. You know, everybody yeah. likes to show the worst of it. So that was a, a housing, I believe it was uh, employee housing for the park. Oh, right. And some people that lived in there lived in there for years and years. And they put a plea out on the social media to if you find paperwork or photos or anything down the river, please let us know. They lost everything. Wow. Um, down the street here. Um, was a pet shop, not a pet shop. They're a groomer, um, and their whole whole building is trashed. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's that's happened there a lot. From here all the way uh, through Livingston East to Billings and Red Lodge, and I mean, was it must have been just? Uh, well, I imagine it was kind of a rain rain on snow event or something like that. Oh my right? gosh! Just well, you know, earlier in the spring we were like. We're not going to have enough runoff. You know, there's not enough snow. We're not going to have any runoff. So that's what we all thought. And then the spring, it just rained and rained and rained. I mean, it just kept raining. So with the snow melt and uh, the runoff, it was just a perfect storm. One that 
we all hope it doesn't happen again. No, because no, no, thank you. No, that's huge. Okay. Jeez. Well, that's a good, I mean, that's a terrible story, but a good example of what it sounds like, you know, your programs, you know, what you're focused on. I mean, that's, yes. that's a great example of, you know, it sounds like you guys are, you know, in the first few years of, of what you have going, but I could see this growing into something, right? Much bigger and more of oh, a even bigger yeah. resource. Yeah. I mean, we're only two years in, um, and I always, you know, I, I appreciate a slow burn, um, and, you know, grateful to everyone who supports us and help us get the word out because I really do think both again, serve, serve their own purposes and they both, um, are something new to the industry and different ways to support guides who really don't have any. Yep. That's the amazing thing about the guides. You know, if you haven't done it or maybe if you have, you know, it's not the easiest field, um, to uh, kind of do a lot of things, right? I mean, it's you're oh, no. you're out a lot. It's um, so anything, any little bonus or benefit they can get, that's a huge, uh, huge thing, right? Do you see that when you're working with guys? Do you see? I mean, what are the biggest challenges for guys? I, I'm guessing this is one of them. But what are? Do you work and talk to a lot of guys and ask them? Oh, like, well, yeah, yeah. I don't necessarily ask them. I do all the outfitting for the shop. So, you know, what I especially this time of year, I you know, I try to give them a little encouragement. You know, thanks for you know, being so awesome this year. And, you know, if something happens for being understanding or, you know, if I have a phone number wrong, sorry about that and check in with them and, and honestly make sure they take a day off here and there because here it is, you know, like seven days a week, seven days a week, all month long. And they just don't take time for themselves to kind of recharge. Some of the older yeah. guys get it right. Yeah. They're like, I can't do this every no. day. Um, but some of the other guys are grind, grind, grind. And I get it. This is, you got to make hay where the sun shines. And this yep. is, you know, this is their time of year. Um, and I get it, but you know, you, you do have to think about yourself, yeah. um, and take a little bit of time. Even if you're, it's a guide days off and you go fishing or what have you, but it's important. Yeah, no, it is. It is. Yeah. The mental, and that's part of the mental, you know, wellness, we, you know, I'm always thinking we were just uh, talking to, you know, I've mentioned this a few times, but, you know, we kind of have a counselor we talk to and, you know, he's talking yesterday about just taking a break and like, you know, mindfulness, just yes. simple things, right? Just like taking a break and saying, you know, and, and focusing on, you know, like just the moment and, and just, it's not always easy. And I can imagine those. Oh guys, no, I'm awful at it. Yeah. I, I'm like, doctor, heal thyself. I'm, I'm awful at it. Are you trying to do like a zillion things always at once? Oh yeah. I work seven, I work seven days a week. So, so you're just as bad as the, <laughs> as the guides. But I'm not out, you know, yes. You know what? I, I, there's sometimes I have to do things yesterday. I maybe did one thing and I took, you know, I took the day off for myself for the most part, but you know, when you have a full-time shop job when you're booking trips and trying to run two nonprofits, you know, it's, yeah, there's not a lot yeah. of time left. No. Nope. Well, what's the, so this is great. I feel like we got a good uh, feel for this. I had a couple of a few random ones I wanted to oh. ask you here that are just kind of, uh, I think more fun. Well, we talked about some of them earlier on, but we're going to, we'll take it out here. Then if I come up with anything else, or if you think of anything <laughs> we missed on the guide program, uh, guide okay. association, let me know. But, um, so you mentioned the promotional stuff. I'm really interested yes. in that, you know, back in the day, you've done a lot of the, the radio oh and stuff. God. I mean, what was your craziest, uh, or what, what, you know, promotion that you could think of you had back in the day? Well, when I was actually, I didn't do a lot of crazy promotions in Missoula. Missoula is not crazy. Yeah. I mean, I had some great ones, but they just didn't take them. But uh, when I was in South Florida, I worked on, um, <laughs> I worked for one radio station for about 10 years. For The good the thing to know is that I worked for a company that was like a, a radio subcontractor. So radio stations and TV stations would engage us to be their traffic reporters and TV reporters. Oh, right. Most people don't know that. Uh, they think that the traffic reporter or the news person works for that entity. It's not true in most cases. They are hired, you know, our company it's, uh, would supply those. So I was tired. There was a time I was on like six radio stations hmm. and I had a different name for each one. It was so stupid. Oh, wow. So you would do, you'd do the same uh, exact thing for six different stations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd sit there and sometimes I'd have a headphone on one ear for one station, a headphone on the other for the other station. I'd be live <laughs> on one station, hit a cart to play my recorded traffic on the other. It was wow. bonkers. And only once, maybe twice, did I say the wrong name on the radio station. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But this one radio station I was on for a long time, um, Y100 in Miami, I was Elaine Turner. 
Oh, Elaine, you were, yeah, I you know. were Elaine. See, Elaine, Elaine Turner. Turner. It's a great day. You are the only one who's ever gotten that. Yeah, yeah, ever. yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, so we had this quote unquote danger boy. I don't know. Maybe this story isn't suitable. Um, no, and he, good. You know, they had me do stuff every once in a while. I went down to Miami to this Russian like spa where they beat me with sticks and it was bizarre. <laughs> right. And that, yeah, right. I mean, the guy's asking me, he asked me like 10 times if I wanted an enema. I'm like, no, thank you, sir. <sighs> Honestly. So this so, is it. Yeah. I see. Yeah. This is, this is some big, some good, crazy stuff. And then one, <laughs> one of them, um, they wanted this guy and myself to go to a swingers club. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, and he, this guy, Steve was supposed to go with me and I didn't want to go alone. So I brought my cousin and we show up there and we didn't, we only went in the front door. We didn't go in the second door and we're sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting. And this guy never shows up. I'm like, I'm not going in there without this doofus. Yeah. So we just left and went to Oh, our... Roy. So the yeah. guy never so, shows up. No, but the next day, and this was back when you had answering machines. <laughs> I wish I still had this. Oh, yeah. He left a message. Hi, Elaine. Uh, it's Steve. Um, sorry I didn't show up last night. I really felt uncomfortable going into the swingers club. I wish I could remember the name. Ugh. It was in Fort Lauderdale. And he goes, just tell Bobby and Footy that we decided not to go. I'm like, you're out of your mind. So they played that the next day in the air. Oh, no way. This guy whipped out on me. Yeah. They played him whipping out on it. Yep. yep. Right. So, so, so when yes. you do those, when you do like that, that sort of a, um, whatever you call that, uh, activation or something like that, what, what, um, what's the goal? I mean, obviously it's like shock factor, shock, but is there another, yeah. is there anything yeah. else that where people are getting, what, what's the value people are getting out of other than the shock? Absolutely nothing. So it's all shock factor. Yeah. For that is, and we didn't do a whole lot of that. We did a lot of, there was a time, um, uh, that there was footy who was the, the lead morning show a guy. Maybe this is offensive now, but we don't care. It was no. called footies, <laughs> footies and the chicks at six. So it was myself and two other women and the man. Uh, and, and it changed the dynamic. And then I was the sports girl, you know. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I got to tell you. So Miami Dolphin and um, Marlon's wives oh, really yeah. hated hated me because I'd be like, oh, your husband's so hot. Oh, Ooh, right. Jason, Jason Taylor. And that was my role, right? Yeah. I, uh, Jason Taylor. Oh, God. The, the Dolphins player, just so dreamy. Um, and, but some of the wives took it in in stride. Sure. But what we often did with stuff like that is we'd do like women's clinics way back then. You know, like kind of like people do for women in fishing now. But we did, you know, baseball and oh, football yeah. clinics and go to the stadiums and hang out with the football players. So, you know, we did have a purpose. So the clinic <laughs> would be like to teach like who? You're teaching, bringing the women into yeah. uh, to, to learn how to, to play football? To, to learn about football, you know. Oh, learn about it, right. Downs, touchdowns, you know. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So the clinic, so, so they understand yeah. it. Yeah. I did, a, I did a lot of stuff. I mean, I was in it for a long time. And it was very fun. Yeah. And I miss those people. Um, yep. But, you know, here I am to different things. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I love it. It's interesting to me because I'm always thinking of similar things. I mean, I'm doing now that we, you know, have sponsors here. I'm always thinking of, you know, being, trying to be creative. Like, what could we do to, you know, connect you know, listeners, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and that's yep. always a big thing. And I'm, Ugh. you know, I can't just do the shock factor stuff sometimes. Oh, gosh, you, you know, no. you gotta, you gotta provide some value so people will actually get something out of it. <laughs> so, have me on? <laughs> exactly. Well, that, that was a good, that was that's a, a good, question mark. Exactly. No, it's a good, I mean, the cool thing is, is that, you know, we, I know we have, I don't know what percentage of the people that listen are guides, but there's yeah. definitely lots of guides that listen. And, you know, that was my thing. There's probably going to be some people that won't listen because it's focused on guides. But for those that are, I see that as obvious value, right? They're Absolutely. going to learn about something they don't yeah. know about. So yeah. I'm always, and I ask people, you know, this is, I try to ask our listeners, you know, what do you want to hear? You know, you tell me and I'll put it together. Give me a guest, right? Yeah, I appreciate it. No, it's, um, yeah, I, you know, this is the way of the world now. And, and honestly, you know, somebody may listen. Again, we're always looking for partners as well, mm -hmm. people who want to uh, financially support us. Uh, you know, also on both websites are places if you want to be a board member on either organization, you can nominate someone or yourself. Mm -hmm. So we have that. Um, we are, I'm non paid. I don't get paid for this. Um, 
I would like to sometime down the road. So, you know, people that have skills that don't necessarily need to be paid for them yet. Um, I, you know, a grant writer, someone to help with grants because that will help get money. Then we can eventually pay people. Um, you know, people who have skills that can bring them to the table and help us build and grow who are passionate about it. You know, I worked, um, as a volunteer for Casting for Recovery for a very long time in the Mid-Atlantic, and I happily did it as a volunteer. So those are the kind of people that I would love to engage who just would like to help both or either organizations with their skills and because they think it's important and needed. Yeah, sounds like a, sounds like a great program and something I'm happy to definitely share out here. Um, well, as we take it out of here, tell me about, you know, uh, we've got this little segment, our travel time segment, but where are you, are you doing any uh, trips? Do you have, it sounds like you're so busy, maybe you don't get out. But if you had to, if you had to go, let's just do your bucket list trip. Oh, geez. You got one place to go. It could be anywhere, salt, fresh, whatever. Oh, what, dear. What, what are you doing? Well, I will tell you, I went down to Mexico last October to Baja. Oh, my God, I loved it. Oh, really? And, yes. Yep. And then I'm going down to the Keys this September, October. But honestly, and I know the fishing's not always great there, and they've had issues with conservation. Yeah. But uh, there was a point, uh, Jen Ripple and I were talking about doing a, a video where I would go to Scotland, and I have a lot of family there oh, that yeah. I've never met. So I'd go to Scotland I'd meet my family. I would do a hell of a lot of fishing and I would go and drink a lot of scotch. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a good trip. Doesn't that sound amazing? Yep. Yep. Family fishing and scotch. Oh my gosh. I just need a good three weeks. I told my boss. Yeah. I need three weeks to go to Scotland and I'll be back. Yeah. Eventually. I just think that to me, and I have 180,000 miles on United waiting for that trip. There you go. Yeah. Yep. Scotland would be a great, that would be a, an amazing, definitely amazing. And Argentina and yeah. Spain and Italy. Yeah. You know, I want to go different places where people don't necessarily go. Yeah. That's right. Well, those, Spain yeah, and Italy would be awesome. Definitely. And there's some fish in there for sure. Exactly. So I'm ready. All right. Well, we'll we'll keep uh, an eye on it and maybe check back with you uh, down the line to see how it's going with the uh, you know the the programs and awesome. uh, yeah. We'll, we'll keep, uh, you know yeah. keep an eye on um, keep a guide on the guide relief program on Instagram. In October, we're okay. going to do um, another auction. We did a auction. I kind of put a slapdash silent auction together last fall, and uh, we're going to do it a little earlier this year and raise some more money. To support mm-hmm. guides so that i'm stoked to start doing that now too there you go all right well we'll send everybody i guess you got the two places right outdoor guide association is it dot org or dot com it is both are dot org guide relief program dot org outdoor guide association dot org um you can reach me at molly at that's m-o-l-l-i-e at guide relief program dot org um happy to answer any questions get you engaged and Perfect. Well, here's here's a random one. I got a random one before we get oh, out of here. So, okay. so we're gonna be. Uh, so if we had a trading card, so, so this is the, this is the idea. Ooh, you know, I don't so, know what this is going. Yeah. I like so, it. <laughs> so we got a fly fishing trading oh, card, right? And, and uh-huh. you're gonna be on. Each oh. uh, guest gets their own card. So you're on. <laughs> on the front of it is Molly Simpkins and the. Oh no. What is the headline for this one? For the it, okay. it doesn't have to be just for you. So on your trading card, what do you want that headline to say? No, I, you know, one thing comes to mind immediately. And this came from a girl I went to high grade school, high school. We grew up together. And many years ago, we were planning a high school reunion. And I think I lived in Florida at the time. And I mean, this may not be for everyone. Yeah. But it's kind of how I live my life. And she called me out on it. And she called me a shitter getter dunner. Oh, yeah. And it's it's true. Yeah, yeah. So say it again. Now, what does that mean exactly? Shitter, getter, dunner. I get done. Oh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> it's just a silly way of putting I like it. But, that. you know, I, yeah, I mean, I, that's. Yep, that's perfect. I, I've used that with a group of people I've worked with. And I said, you guys are shitter, getter, dunners. <laughs> and it, it's maybe a little crass, but it's it's fitting. Yeah, no, it's good. Nice. All right, there you go. So if we actually end up doing that, stay <laughs> that tuned. That would be awesome. Stay tuned. I'll, I'll get back to you and I'll, I'll send you, send you a oh card if we, if we can get to that point. So we're going to. Oh. I've been thinking about that. I've been talking about that, thinking of it for a while now. But um, that is clever. Yeah. Um, 
Cool. Well, I guess we'll we'll leave it there, and uh, we'll send everybody out to. We'll put some links in the show notes. And yeah, thanks again for uh, coming on here and then sharing. You know, just the story and doing the good work you're doing for guides and, and everybody out there. And we'll keep in touch with you. Thank you. I appreciate you engaging us and have interest in it. I, I'm for. I'm really excited as to what it can be. So there it is. Wetflyswing.com slash 355. 355 will get you some links, some show notes, uh, some videos over there. And uh, it's just the easy way to uh, to get all that info. And we've put it all into one spot um, to make it easy for you over at the blog. Click over there, have a look, have a listen. And, uh, and you can listen to, uh, if you want to, you can listen directly to podcasts there at the blog. Uh, listener shout out before we get out of here. Um, Tim Miller. I want to thank you for checking in on email and for supporting the podcast. Tim noticed how he loves Southeast Alaska and one of his struggles is finding the time, the time and the money to get up there more often. And, uh, and I hear you on that one, Tim. I think that's a common struggle for me and a lot of us out there. We would love to be uh, heading up to those places we love more often. And, uh, and sometimes, you know, it's, you just can't do it as much as you like, but... Uh, as a recent guest noted, Jay Scott, we had our one a hunting episode recently, and he noted there in that episode how you never want to wait because you never know what life's going to throw at you, and you got to take that trip now. So if you can do it, Tim, uh, and I'm sure you will, get out there and do it, and same to you, whoever's listening right now. I would love to hear from you. If you get a chance, you can head over to uh, wetflyswing.com, uh, join the newsletter there, or you can send me a message, email directly, dave at wetflyswing.com if you haven't checked in you're listening now to the very end i would love to hear from you if you get a chance just a quick email is all it takes to say hey one last reminder before we get out of here the top flight challenge we got a video coming soon i noted that tim camisa i'm not sure if i gave this a shout out yet but tim i'm gonna be tying up a video for his channel this is gonna be a fun one because i'm gonna let tim this is tim's idea which is a good one he's gonna critique my tying and i'm gonna tie up a fly that uh um, it's going to be good because it's not, uh, well, it's not super hard, but it's not super easy. Uh, so this is going to be good. We're also connecting over to, um, if you want to follow this, connect, follow Tim on YouTube and you can see that video, Tim Camisa and also, uh, jhflyco.com, uh, Jackson, uh, whole fly fishing company. Uh, they're supporting this as well, uh, with some fly boxes and flies as part of this challenge. All right, so that's what I got right now. Uh, we're gonna be we're gonna keep this top flight thing going because I think it's gonna be really fun to get some some more people involved uh, as we move forward. If you have any ideas for the top flight challenge, you can also drop me a line here or on social media. I want to get out of here because we got one coming up uh, next week. We're trying to to ramp these up as always. We're trying to uh, double down on some things, and we've got some good stuff coming the rest of this year as we're heading into September October. And looking out, I hate to say it, but looking out at 2023, it's still off in the distance. We're not letting go of summer right now because we love summer. We're going to hold on to that thing. Hopefully it's an Indian summer. We're going to hold on to this summer until the very end. And, and we're going to we're gonna just stretch this out with some good weather, some good fishing, some good camping, some good hiking, some good whatever you're doing, maybe some hunting. Uh, give me a shout out. I'd love to hear if, if you're into something else besides fly fishing. We're at Wet Fly Swing on social media. You can do it right now. Okay, I'm out of here. Appreciate you for uh, stopping in today. Appreciate your support. And I hope to maybe see you online, maybe on the water. And I hope you are having a great morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever in the world you are. And I hope to talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. For notes and links from this episode, visit wetflyswing.com.